everybody doing this morning? I mean, I don't know if you're anything like me, man. I'm tired. Raise your hand if you're tired. Like, just straight up. And that's cool. Um, it's just been, a, I feel like we're in a season where you're just kind of stuck in a wash. We're just, it's just busyness. Um, not necessarily things that we just put on ourselves, but with work uh, and marriage and family, and then holidays are coming up and we just kind of get stuck in this. And so uh, I don't want you to think that uh, anyone who gets up here and teaches is just like, we've got it all together and everything's been great. No, I'm physically tired. I'll probably take a nap after this. Um, but if you're also here and, and you're not tired and you're energized, man, thank you for being here. Um, for those of you that are close to the Lord, uh, that you, you believe in God, things are going great, uh, praise God for that, please. I mean, that is awesome. But I'm not, also not ignorant to the fact that there are some of us that just, we're just not there, you know? We're just not, um, we're just in a, in a place in our life where we're not as close to the Lord. Uh, and we lift those things up, but we're all welcome. Like, we're all welcome here, uh, and we do this journey together. So I'm super glad that you guys are with us uh, this morning. Um, so uh, if you want to, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, that's page 561, 562 in our Bibles. Uh, there are some Bibles scattered around on the tables. Feel free to get up and get those um, as we begin. And so <clears throat> we're, in this, uh, we're in this series called Belonging and Becoming. Um, we've kind of been in it for a few weeks talking about, okay, what does it look like to belong to the family of God? How, how are we becoming more like Christ? What are these themes? Well, so we've been looking at Jesus' life. We've looked at Paul's letters and just a, a lot of different scriptures going, what does it mean to become like him? What does it mean to belong to the family of God? What are we doing? Uh, where are we going? And so we've just kind of been wrestling with some of these questions and talking through them. It's been a great series. Um, and the overall theme that we've had for the year, uh, back when we did uh, the like 30 days of fasting and prayer way back in February, if you can remember that, we kind of said, okay, the whole year, um, this theme is intimacy with God. The theme is intimacy with the Father. The idea that God uh, is not distant, that he does want a relationship with you, uh, both individually and communally. Uh, we're all in this together. And so that's kind of been uh, the framework that's been going on for the year. Uh, and so today we're going to be talking about um, sanctification. Um, sanctification, which is really the, the partnering with God and allowing the Holy Spirit to move and work through our lives where he replaces things um, that are like Jesus. He takes some things away that we don't need in our lives so that we can experience true joy and true fullness um, with God. That's, that's kind of just kind of where we're going at uh, with today. And know that <clears throat> this, this teaching, uh, as I was kind of working through it, um, I didn't intend to kind of go this way, but God showed me grace, and so I've got to speak grace. There is so much grace in this message. This lifelong journey of sanctification, there's no way we can do it on our own. There's no expectations from God for us to do it on our own. Like the Holy Spirit is in this moving, continually going. And as we do this individually, it starts with ourselves. As the Holy Spirit moves through us, it's also like us as a body. It's also us in our house churches. It's us at work. Like there are so many different spheres of life um, that this sanctifying work is going on continually. So you guys with me this morning? How's everybody doing? You good? It's gonna be good. All right, let's dive in. So <clears throat> I want you to picture for, uh, for me, if you will, um, what, what comes to mind when I say the word metamorphosis? Did they think it, did, did someone change? Yes, absolutely. So <clears throat> ever, do we like butterflies? Does everybody like butterflies? Butterflies, cool. So let's talk about the life of a butterfly. Yeah, I don't know, is there someone that doesn't like a butterfly? It's like, uh, not a big fan. So, <laughs> They're in my garden, I want them away. Um, butterflies have this unique stage um, that they go through called metamorphosis. So we're gonna walk through that a little quickly 
try to frame uh, the lesson for today. So it starts with an egg, right? After the egg hatches, it becomes a what? Caterpillar, okay? Caterpillar then eats and grows and starts to change uh, into a what? It's a chrysalis. You said cocoon and you're wrong. No, I was kidding. <laughs> the difference is the cocoon is a moth comes out of it. A butterfly comes out of a chrysalis. So, you know, while I've been fisheries major, nature guy, so I just thought I'd give you a little bit of truth there. I never am able to use that anywhere, so I figured now would be a great time. Um, so the, the caterpillar goes into this stage called a chrysalis where it forms uh, inside and it begins to change. There's nothing on the outside. There, there are some factors, but the, there's really nothing on the outside that affects the caterpillar on the inside. Inside the chrysalis, it is constantly changing and going through the process. And then as it begins to emerge, it is no longer a caterpillar, but it is a what? Butterfly. If it's a cocoon, it's no longer a caterpillar, but it is a what? A moth. There we go. Oh, we're on it. Um, but it's in, in this, this stage of life um, where it sits there and it's constantly going through some type of change. It's constantly going through some type of change. It's forming. I mean, you've seen this before. A caterpillar and a, uh, and a moth or a butterfly, they're two completely different things. Like, they just look so different. So how do they go from this to this? There was an internal process. There was a transformation going on inside of that stage. And so I remember <clears throat> when I was a little kid, uh, I would used to see these kind of hanging around because they just hang there. <laughs> they don't go anywhere. And so I remember going up to one and no joke, a butterfly was on its way out. Uh, and I was just, I was just feeling real Christianly, you know? So I went up to that thing and I was going to help him. I'm going to help this butterfly come into the new world. Some of you are shaking your head. You know exactly what I'm about to say. So I remember going up there and I took a little rock and I just started to like peel back some of the layers of the, the chrysalis stage, you know, where it's you know, formed and stuff. And the butterfly kind of comes out and falls to the ground dead. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God, forgive me. What happened? What happened? You know? And I was like, I, I had no idea. I was younger at the time. I still, you know, I didn't know. But I realized um, as I was kind of studying, looking through this, uh, that as a butterfly is beginning to emerge out of that chrysalis stage, uh, it has to do it on its own. The things that it went through in there needs to help push it out so that as it begins to fly, it has the strength to fly and be a butterfly. Without that stage of forming and getting out, it will not be a butterfly. It won't make it. And when you look at a butterfly, I mean, I've never, saw, I've never heard of anyone look at a butterfly and go, oh, what a stupid creature. <laughs> like butterflies are like literally full of joy. You know, they're just <laughs> flapping around. Like no one looks at like a red wasp and thinks, oh, what a creature of joy. That thing will kill you, man. <laughs> but a butterfly, you're like, man, what a, what a beautiful creature. Wow, how did it get to that stage? And so today we're really gonna just kind of look at what does it mean to be sanctified? What does it mean to go through the process uh, where we partner with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit begins to change some of those things in our life? And it, well, the changing is the sanctification, but we're always looking to Jesus. Jesus is the one uh, who embodied God in flesh. Jesus is the one that showed us through the scriptures how to treat people, how to treat people that weren't like him, uh, how to love people. That's, that's the fullness of God. It's just crazy. We can talk about it all day. But the fullness of God chose to be born in Nazareth, you know, chose to, or chose to be born in Bethlehem, live in Nazareth, and just went through this crazy life, and no one expected him to be a king. And so how do we go from this to that in this lifetime? Does that make sense? So uh, page 561, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. We're going to read a little bit and talk about it. Uh, I'm going to start in verse, verse 12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. 
We are not like Moses who had put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. And so just to kind of catch you up a little bit, what's going on, um, 2 Corinthians, this is Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church. And some of the Jewish believer there's were really kind of struggling through what it looks like to go from an old life to a new life. Um, they were stuck in um, Moses' law, um, the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses, um, and they were, <clears throat> as, as this new church was forming, they really wanted to take the old law, kind of the way you used to live with the sacrifices and, and all that, and not all this was bad, by the way, but they wanted to take that and kind of do this thing and Jesus at the same time. And Paul is saying, Okay, the old law was meant to be temporary. It was always meant to be temporary. But this new law through Jesus, this new life, that's permanent. That's eternal. And that's where true joy is. And so when he's talking about a veil, uh, in Exodus 34, Moses comes off the mountain. He's received the law. He's received the Ten Commandments. He comes off the mountain. His face is like shining really brightly. It's just been transformed. It's this transfiguration thing. It's just a really cool moment. Um, and so he comes down. And he, the people kind of see that. They're kind of like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> it's a little weird. What's, what's happened to your face? But it's just because he's been in the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, you cannot help but shine. That's exactly what happened with Moses. That God is just so full of radiant joy, it's going to overflow and leak out somewhere. And so Moses comes down, and then he begins this pattern of when he's uh, in the presence of the people, he would put a veil over his face because his face quit shining. Because Moses probably knew it somehow that the law that had been given um, was temporary because his face would quit shining. But when he would go and be in the presence of the Lord, he would remove the veil. Paul is saying, <clears throat> for those of us who believe in Jesus, for those of us who uh, have received the Spirit of Christ, for those of us who are being sanctified, that veil is taken off and we don't have to put it on because access to God does not come from that anymore. Access to God was through Jesus Christ. And when Jesus left us, he didn't leave us alone. He sent us the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit moves and changes and does things in our lives that, to be honest, sometimes we, we can't even explain. He places these things in our hearts that we don't even understand. And that process, as we do it individually and communally, is sanctification. We are forming to the character of Christ together, and sometimes by ourselves, and together. And it's a daily process. It's not just a one and done. Unfortunately, Oh, before we, let's, let's finish reading. I forgot we, we didn't get, read the good part. Uh, so keep reading. Verse 16, uh, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. We could talk about that verse for a very long time. What he's saying to these people who were, um, their ancestors were slaves and who were living in a time that was just crazy with the Roman empire. When you start speaking freedom, that's huge. That's a really big deal. But the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, verse 18, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Man, that's good. I wanna read that again. If you have a pen or a highlighter, let's just we'll walk through that again. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. You know, we live in a culture that 
we like, we like quick fixes. And I wouldn't just say it's just the culture. I like a quick fix. Like, you know, have you ever seen any type of weight loss anything? Take these three pills, you'll wake up two weeks, you don't even know who you are, but you've lost 40 pounds. Like, we want everything to be done quickly. You know, you want a degree? Here, start taking classes in high school when you're a sophomore and you'll be graduating when you're 19 or 20 years old. It's ridiculous. I say that because I had to take remedials and it took me five years. Don't judge me. Um, but we had this idea of culture where we just say, we want it quickly. We want this done now. And so, I mean, I don't know how you grew up. A lot of things that I heard when it comes to like salvation and sanctification was, hey, are you saved? Have you been saved? Are you saved? And I don't, I don't think the intention was bad because they, they wanted to say, are you in the family of God? But what we should be saying is, are you forming to the character of Christ? Is the Holy Spirit working in your life to where you're forming to be like Jesus? Because that's what matters because that's where transformation happens. It's not a one and done. And we had all these baptisms last week, which were awesome, man. I'm just so thankful that we celebrate our birthday and we can do that. Uh, and it was great, but it would be crazy for us to get baptized or whatever, give our lives to the Lord the next day and be like, well, it's just me and you, God. Satan is not here and we're just gonna float through life. Does it work like that? No chance. Matter of fact, it gets harder. And then we begin this daily process of what does it look like to be true followers of Jesus when the Holy Spirit comes into our life and starts moving and shifting things. What does that look like? I'll tell you what it leads to. Um, you thought I was gonna say heaven, didn't you? No. I'll tell you what it leads to. I think it leads to true joy. Fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, where Paul is talking about these things, when you're in the culture and people see you as a follower of Jesus, things start to matter in your life that didn't matter before. The Holy Spirit starts to move and take some things away and replace it with things that give you true joy. That really happens. And when people see us living this sanctified life, they go, wait, do you not worry about this? Do you not care about that? And it's like, eh, yeah, but not to where it's gonna rule my life because Jesus is my life. That veil is taken away. I have access to the Father through Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that will shape my narrative and that will shape where I came from. And the thing is, we're all on this journey together. So like, <clears throat> as we are, you know, we're, we, we take care of ourselves first, um, but, as we take care of ourselves, then we go to work. What does this look like in our spaces of work? What does this look like if we're in our house churches? Um, what does this look like in our families? All of our families aren't Christian. Not even all of us are Christian in this room. And so what does it look like in the different spheres of life? Because we're all on this journey together. Um, for me, I will share with you a couple of things that um, I feel that the Holy Spirit has done in my life. Um, because it's really easy to talk about this on a Sunday then go out to eat and kind of forget about, you know, sanctification's great, it's cool, whatever. Um, I'm gonna try to make it a little more real, put some flesh on it. So um, a few years ago, <clears throat> well, I came, I came from a small town and uh, we, <clears throat> it's not that we didn't know that racial tensions and things happen. It's just that we didn't really see it and being a younger kid, you just, if you're not really experienced in anything, it's kind of hard to get in that rhythm and seeing people that are actually broken by systems and injustice. It's just hard, like if you don't see it. And so um, I remember as I went to college and I began to move around and take different jobs and just grow and mature just naturally, um, that not everything was an equal playing field. That's about the best way I can say it. But I remember a moment when <clears throat> I was watching the riots in Ferguson a few years ago. Does everybody remember that? Horrible. And instead of taking a side and kind of you know, using what Cody would usually say in this situation, I remember going, my heart hurts for this. 
And I don't know why. Like that sounds crab, that sounds, you know, it sounds really shallow, but up to that point, I hadn't really thought about those things. And I remember going like, why does this matter to me? And I didn't know it in that moment, but through this journey, as I've met new friends, um, as I've talked with minorities and people that just aren't like me, that don't look like me, I begin to understand that the Holy Spirit cares about everyone, that God is serious about intimacy with all people and equality, and that's a big deal. And I didn't realize that before. And I have had some great conversations with people that I'm gonna be honest with you, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, we would never hang out. <laughs> like, seriously, that's kind of the thing that the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit also, <clears throat> through this process of sanctification, as we form to the character of Christ, takes things from our life that aren't necessary. And so we're going to Knoxville. I don't know if you know that the University of Tennessee is there. We've been lifelong, lifelong fans of everything Tennessee. Uh, I love the Vols, man. And we are having a crappy football season, um, really bad. And I, I always loved Tennessee football, basketball, everything. I, it's just the way we grew up supporting the University of Tennessee. And uh, I remember when I was in high school, it was like a sophomore, when they actually made NCAA football that you played on the PlayStation. Um, I was able to, from memory, uh, name every single, you can go in there and like change the player's facts and information and stuff. I was able to like name every starter and every like third, like every player on the University of Tennessee, I had memorized every single year. And these are college students. Of course, I wasn't in college at the time. That's the, that was my loyalty, man. I was like, boom, I was all in. I knew the left guard and I knew he's from like someplace in Michigan. It's kind of creepy, I guess. <laughs> now, that I'm, now that I'm processing, it's a little weird. Um, but I was always been in love with sports, just in general. And over the past few years, and in college, man, just like watching all kinds of sports, big part of my life, huge chunks. You know, you get up from a test or class, you watch Sports Center for four hours, that kind of stuff. But then a few years ago, and there's not like one moment for this, but it, it just began to come to a point where it's like, hey, these are good things, but they're just not really as important as something else. Does that make sense? It's not even that Tennessee football is sinful. Well, pretty crappy this year, but it's not, like, it's not that these things are even really necessarily bad, but the Holy Spirit will replace those things, that, things that break the heart of Jesus and things that are more important. And so it's this process of going from who we were to what we are. When we went through Ephesians, that's some of my favorite language that Paul talks about. And he will constantly tell his believers, hey, that's who you were. This is what Jesus did. This is who we are. This is, who, this is who we should become. This is who we were. This is what God did. This is who Jesus is. This is what, and it was just a continual process. It's a day-by-day -day journey, and it's hard. And that's why in the beginning when I said that there's grace just like smothered all over this, there is grace smothered all over this because we can't do this ourselves. You can't just manufacture all of these good qualities from the Lord. They have to come from another source. And so that's what Jesus did. When he said, like, my peace I give to you, I don't give to you as the world gives you. I'm sending you a helper, talking about the Holy Spirit. And then they receive the Holy Spirit, and what happens? Boom. We're talking about a 2,000-year-old carpenter who lived in Nazareth in this building in Nashville in 2017. This huge movement of Jesus' followers happened because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so sanctification is this lifelong journey where we go from who we were to who God wants us to be with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's hard. Did I say it's hard? Yeah. I think I've said that like 10 times. Now, I don't want it to just like knock you over the head, but I want you to know that this is not a happy-go-feel, you know, ooh, sermon's great, and we just walk out of the door and everything's great. No, 
it's a lifelong journey. And when we wake up tomorrow, some of us may be sick in the morning. I don't wish that upon anyone. It's just that time of the year. Some of us may wake up and something terrible happened today. It's life. It's life. And so here's my question to you. And we'll take this into communion later, but I want to talk about it now um, to get, kind of get it, put some flesh on it. What matters or doesn't matter because the Spirit of God is working in your life? What matters now because you have a relationship with God? Or what doesn't matter? What things used to be really important in your life and now, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, not something that you've done, but that God has just been working on you, what doesn't matter anymore? And what is God pushing you into? I have this picture uh, of a tree. Like I said, I'm a nature guy. It's a wildlife fisheries guy. I was gonna, before God really like changed my whole story and what he wanted to do, I was going to be a wildlife biologist and a fisheries biologist where every day we work outside and you know, we get to work with white-tailed deer and we get to shock fish and do studies and stuff. And so it's such a, it's such a weird, like, I could just talk about it for days, but I don't, like, it's not that I don't get to enjoy those things anymore. It's just like I have very little to talk about. So everything I do is about nature and the things I learned because I love it. I love being outside. So I want you to think of uh, yourself as a tree. So Jesus plants the seed in us and we grow and we are this, we are this tree. And throughout our lives, what do trees do? What do vegetables do? They grow, and then they what? Bear fruit or vegetables. Uh, they, they have this, um, this internal thing inside of them that, uh, yes, water is important, sunlight's important, photosynthesis, uh, you know, all those things are important, but internally, the tree grows. It's what they do. You don't have to go up to a tree and knock on the wood here and just like try to get it to you know, dialogue. Hey, how are you growing? What's going on? The tree's not gonna grunt and just, there's a grape, you know, from a vine. Like, that doesn't happen. It, it doesn't work that way. But they naturally do that. And to, to, to make this a little more real, to understand that we are all in different areas of life, um, if you're familiar with agriculture, sometimes you have a bad growing season. Bad growing season. We've had a good one, uh, you know, this year and in the past couple of years. But sometimes drought comes, and for some reason, you're, sometimes your whole crop will, will go bad, but that's usually not the case. You usually have patches of corn, for example, and there are patches of corn that look great, and then there are patches of corn that have kind of shriveled up. They got the same sun, they got the same water, everything was the same, but internally there was something different. That doesn't mean that some of us are being filled with the Holy Spirit and just we're better than others. It's not that kind of playing field, but I'm trying to show you just the realistic journey that we're not all robots and that we're going to mature at different points of our lives. And, and some of us, especially so some of us that aren't mature in Christ yet, I'm not there. We need to learn from older ones who have been there. Hey, what has the Holy Spirit done in your life? How does, what does that look for my life? Does that make sense? <clears throat> in John 15, uh, Jesus gives us a picture of what it means to be stay connected. And so without reading the whole uh, chapter, um, Jesus basically says this. He's, he's on his way um, uh, across the valley and he's, he's about to be crucified. Some of the last things he said. And he gives us this picture of a vine. And he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me and bear fruit. If you love me, you'll obey my commands, you'll stay with me, you'll stay a part of me, you'll stay rooted, you'll stay grounded, and you'll bear fruit. Not, you're gonna go this way and you're gonna go that way and you get to manufacture fruit. You stay in the vine and fruit happens. And then he says, he goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'm gonna leave you 
and I'm going to send someone to help you. And can you imagine the period from where Jesus was gone to where the disciples don't have the Holy Spirit? What a crappy waiting period. Like, seriously. Like, okay, Jesus pretty much lied to us. He said he was going to send us something. But then what happens? During that waiting period, then the Holy Spirit comes and what? Like, lots of crazy, read the book of Acts. It's fantastic. Lots of crazy things happen. Because they remain in the vine, because they were listening to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit did some crazy things in Acts. And I think sometimes, this is a story for another time, sometimes we feel that we can't do some things like that. We can't go and do, and I'd argue that we can if we stay connected to Jesus. So this process of sanctification is our lifelong journey of partnering with the Holy Spirit. And it works on us internally. It works on us in small groups. Uh, It works on us in work. And as we form to the character of Christ, we're being intimate with the Father, that relationship, we will all begin to reflect God's glory, which is what Jesus did for us. And there is so much grace in this, and it leads to true joy. You know, people always talk about, you know, I've heard people say, well, I just want to be happy in life. I just want to be happy in life, blah, blah, blah. I think what they're saying is there's something in me where I, instead of wanting to be happy, which is just an emotion, I want to be joyful to where circumstances don't really match up with what I want, but I'm still joyful. I'm still grounded. I'm still rooted. And I'm going to tell you, that happens in Jesus Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where it happens. And that's something that we just don't even manufacture, that it comes from him. And so why does this matter? And intimacy is what God wants with you. God just doesn't want you to be like a, like a slave, like he doesn't want to just work you and work for the kingdom. God is saying, no, this is the way to live. This is the way to true joy. And we don't fear death as followers of Jesus. We can live like we're going to live in heaven on this side. That's what Jesus prayed. He said, on earth it is in heaven. That's, that's what he prayed. And what he was saying was through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it now. We don't have to wait. We don't fear death. And so when the leaders of this country do things that we don't like, and it doesn't make sense. Yeah, we get fired up about it, but we don't just lose our lives. We go, okay, what can we do to form each other through the power of the Holy Spirit? What can we do to be like Jesus? How can we love like Jesus? When things don't go our way, when there are certain things that happen in our life that just happen because that's what life does, what does it look like to go, okay, I don't know God, but I'm gonna trust you. I don't know, but I will trust you. And that is where joy happens. Hour by hour, minute by minute, day by day. This is not a pill that you take and you just wake up as an unbelievable follower of Jesus. If you find someone that has done that, just get them in touch with me, okay? Because I wish it was like that, but it's not. It just doesn't work that way. And there is joy in this journey. It's a fun ride. Um, I could sit up here and talk about what God has done in my life. and, and really go a bunch of different ways, and I won't, I'll spare you that, but there, I'll just say that there are things that used to matter to me that really don't matter anymore, and God has replaced those with things that his heart's beats for. Can't even, under, can't even explain some of it, but it's fun. It's joyful. And I am trying to partner with the Holy Spirit, just as I think you probably are, to say, okay, how can we be more like Jesus? How can we be like the one king that come and wash the disciples' feet? How can we be like the one who gave up everything in heaven to come to earth and be with us? How can we be like that? So we're about to go to communion. And we do this every week uh, where we celebrate Jesus' 
Uh, we celebrate his life, uh, and more particularly, we celebrate his, his death, the sacrifice that he gave for us, a shedding of his blood that continually cleanses us. And um, we, we wanna invite you all, um, you know, sometimes we get caught up in communion, if you've heard of that before, or maybe you haven't, and it's like, oh, that's just a Christian thing. Look, if you don't believe in whatever, that's, that's fine but you're welcome to participate with us. You're welcome to partner and sit with someone um, who is a follower and ask questions, talk about this. And so the question I do want you to ask if you, if you need a question to kind of work through, um, what matters in your life because the Holy Spirit is moving or what doesn't matter? Start there and, and maybe you'll go another different way um, as, you, as you take communion. And so uh, I'm gonna tell us what to do and then uh, is how the logistics go of this. Uh, and, then, and then I will pray for us. And so uh, in a second, I will, um, I'll be praying for us. Before, after that, we'll stand up and we'll move to the, to the center of the aisles. And look, communion is on the four tables back there. Uh, feel free to go outside. Um, if any of you are, <clears throat> if you need prayer, we all need prayer. Like, if, if, <laughs> I say if any of you need prayer, you need prayer. But if you would like to receive it now, we've got a great team back there um, with the red badges to respond They'll pray for you. If you're feeling bad, you feel weird, uh, man, pray that God takes that away. You got a test coming up that you're not sure about, pray for it. Um, family trouble, whatever it is. Um, someone will go to the Father on your behalf back there. So does that make sense? Well, good. So um, I'm gonna pray for us and then uh, we'll stand up and take communion. Father God, thank you so much for who you are. I thank you so much for what you've done for us. Um, man, God, you have just given us an undescribable gift with the Holy Spirit. And I just, I pray that um, from this day forward, may we be seeking to what you want us to seek. And God, will you show us our, our, our faults? And uh, obviously not in a judgmental way, but in a way to truly live instead of for settle, settling for things in this culture that just will not fill us up. Father, we thank you for your sacrifice in Jesus Jesus, we thank you for the way you lived and showed us how to love. And may we do that. May we continually love you and seek you and serve you. Father, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.